0: Hello and welcome to another Healthy Bite. My name is Dr Ron Early. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I am recording this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Well, this week I had the pleasure of speaking to psychologist Natalie West. And Natalie's focus is uh, on um, nutrition and its connection to mental health. And uh, we discussed a whole range of issues around that. And And Natalie's specific focus is on keeping the carbs down low and also having a nutrient dense diet and uh, a recurring theme, which I think is worth exploring. But it reminded me also of a wonderful conversation I had a few months ago with Professor Julia Ruckledge, who wrote a book and the, the subtitle of the book tells a story all on its own, and that is better, The Better Brain. How nutrition will help you overcome anxiety, depression, ADHD and stress, and uh, it also reminded me of another uh, discussion I had with that wonderful integrative gastroenterologist uh, Pran, Dr. Pran Yoga And when I asked Pran whether he, what he thought of the gut as the second brain, which is often when you go to courses on nutrition now, it's often referred to as the second brain. And why is that? Because so many of the body's neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are those molecules in the body which are produced in response to mood, serotonin, dopamine, adrenaline, cortisol. These are all hormones and, and, and neurotransmitters which are implicated in our moods. And so many of them are produced in the gut. And that depends on so much of our gut being in good balance. And that depends on us having a healthy microbiome, a diverse microbiome. So this is where uh, so many of the episodes that we do overlap. This is where discussion about healthy soils, about regenerative agriculture, about the food pyramid, about the Australian healthy eating guidelines. By the way, those two are definitely not healthy or worth following uh, in case you might mistakenly think I am in some way promoting them. God help me if I do. But uh, this is how regenerative agriculture, healthy soils, nutrient dense diet impacts on gut microbiome. Uh, The more diverse, the healthier you are. Um, a great metaphor for not just our gut microbiome, not just for our oral microbiome, not just for the soil microbiome, but for society in general. I believe um, the more diverse, the more resilient the more he- the healthier we all are, and that is true of the gut which brings us back to this week's episode, which focused on that. Now, Pranayoga Nathan, when I asked him about the gut as the second brain, he disagreed. He said, no, Ron, the gut is actually the first brain. And when you look back through evolution, you look at multicellular organisms, simple multicellular organisms that don't have a brain, uh, the gut is there and it is doing a lot of the work that the brain eventually evolved to do. But so the gut as the first brain was, I stand, I stood to be corrected. And I thanked Pran, Dr. Pran Yoganathan, who is actually on the advisory panel of Unstressed Health, our online community and wellness program. But uh, he drew my attention to that very important point. And then discussions with Julia Ruckledge about how nutrition will help us overcome so many mental health problems was also a timely reminder of how important a healthy diet is to moods. And mental health is a huge and growing problem. And we have done many programs on mental health. And we've done one with uh, uh, Dr. Martin Whiteley in Western Australia, who wrote a book called Overprescribing Madness and and you no doubt will have known people perhaps you are such a person where um you know you are been on antidepressants for many years or you know somebody who has been on antidepressants for many years and um it is uh, a surprising to me when i take histories of uh, patients, particularly new patients who come into my practice, and I'm often surprised at how um, many are on antidepressants. I mean, antidepressants are major blockbuster drugs for the pharmaceutical industry, literally contributing billions and billions of dollars. And uh, it often surprises me how that is often, we also ask in, the, in, in our history about people's digestion and uh, the digestion gives us a clue as to not only immune function, but also mood. And if you have uh, problems with your digestion, then you are susceptible to a whole range of problems which your doctor may not have connected with nutritional problems or with sleep, for that matter. That's another issue. When I see people on antidepressants, there are two things that I think of immediately. The first one is how is their digestive system? And uh, well, it's not in this order, um, but two things that I think about is how is their digestive system and where are the clues for that for digestive problems? Well, if you're constipated or have diarrhea, I think that is an important report card that we receive every single day from our digestive system we've done a program on what does your poo say about you? And while um, some doctors uh, may suggest that going for having a bowel movement once every two or three days is normal and and it may well be normal in our community, it is, I believe, not healthy. If you're eating every day, if you're eating, two meals or maybe even more a day, then I think at least one bowel movement a day is healthy because it shows that you are moving the food through your system, breaking it down, absorbing it and eliminating the waste. And I think that's an important thing. And then when one looks in the toilet bowl and is reminded and is actually told how healthy your digestive system is. And we've done programs on poos as well. Um, Maria Hunt, I'd recommend you go back and have a a listen to that program. I think it is called What Does Your Poo Say About You? But let me reference this, make it simple for you by uh, getting you to look at the Bristol stool chart, which is available online. The Bristol stool chart shows seven different types of stools and it's those um, middle types which are well-formed And sink to the bottom of the bowl. That is a sign of a healthy bowel movement. Uh, Being constipated uh, is not. Um, uh, Being having diarrhea also is not. So they, what does your poo say about you is an excellent um, example of a digestive system that is not functioning as optimally as it might. Another indicator is heartburn, reflux or indigestion. And that's an important indicator as well. Now, there's another pharmaceutical uh, product that is generating billions of dollars. Protein pump inhibitors like Nexium or SOMAC are multi-billion dollar um, drugs for the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, But, uh, you know, we have stomach acid for a reason. And that reason is to help us firstly break down foods but also deal with toxins or or microbes within the food. So it's an important part of breaking down food and protecting us. Um, So to reduce stomach acid might seem like a very simple symptom-based approach, but it comes with a great deal of side effects. And one of those is osteoporosis, which guess what? That's because you're not absorbing your nutrients as well as you should, so your bones become... Uh, thinner and, and more uh, susceptible to fracture, but fear not—the pharmaceutical industry has bisphosphonates as as a product to solve that problem. Um, I'm not suggesting it as as a good solution either. But um, I'm coming back to heartburn, reflux and indigestion, giving you an indication that maybe there are foods that you you should not be eating, that you are sensitive to. You may be on an incredibly healthy diet. You may be on a vegetable-based diet, which you think is the most healthy diet in the world. But it's important to know that vegetables, because they are stationary, need to protect themselves from predators. And predators are insects and animals which might eat them. So vegetables put out toxins to discourage predators like insects, like animals, which includes us, from eating them. So those toxins might be phytates, salicylates, uh, oxalates, uh, FODMAPs, uh, nightshades. Uh, there are a whole range of things just because it's vegetable. And even if it's a whole vegetable, it does not necessarily mean that you uh, it, it suits you. You may have a sensitivity to that. And that gets back to building resilience into the system, and this is why a holistic approach is so important. So, so reflux is not just, and you need an anti acid. Reflux is an indication that you may be eating foods that you are sensitive to, which brings us to the. In, in a podcast we did with again with the professor with Doctor Pran Yoganathan, who said to me that he thought. Uh, reflux was also a function of a diaphragm which is underdeveloped sarcopenic a diaphragm which is sarcopenic which means it's not there it's not as well developed or as toned as it should be because the esophagus passes through into the stomach through a sheath of muscles underneath our rib cage called the diaphragm and if you are breathing well and this is where breathing And reflux have a role to play. If you are breathing well, which means slowly and gently through your nose, using your diaphragm so that you use your entire lungs, very important. But if you're breathing 10, 12, 16 times a minute and you're doing that all your life and you're using your diaphragm, then there's a good chance your diaphragm is well toned and there's a good chance you may not be suffering from heartburn, reflux or indigestion as well. So I'm saying heartburn, reflux and indigestion could be a reflection of a food that you are sensitive to, but it also could be a reflection of an underdeveloped diaphragm because you have not been breathing. You've been breathing in a dysfunctional way. And um, and so... This is why a holistic approach to your health is so important and how one thing relates to another thing. So digestion, very important. What's another example of a poor digestive system? Skin conditions. 80 to 90 percent of skin conditions are a reflection of disordered of poor digestion. So there's another indicator. So if any one of those things affecting you, if you have elevated blood sugar levels then that is a, that is a problem, too, because it predisposes you to all those diseases of um, of Western civilization, cardiovascular disease, cancers, autoimmune conditions, and of course, diabetes, but also mental health conditions. So then coming back to Julia Rucklidge's uh, research, and article was all about supplementation. And we've talked about supplementation before. The key is in the word supplement. Um, It is a supplement to a, a diet, which hopefully is nutrient dense. And if it is nutrient dense, arguably you may need less supplements. However, we live in a modern world where perhaps the soils in which our foods are grown are deficient. I know in Australia soils are very old and they are very deficient in key nutrients and specifically selenium, zinc and magnesium, to name but a few. Uh, Ideally, we would get 40 or 50 trace elements from our soils, from our food, from our salt um, that we would consume. So so supplements supplement a nutrient-dense diet. And I know personally, I do take vitamin D uh, regularly. I take zinc, I take magnesium, I take vitamin C. Um, so I think I do also take selenium. So I do supplement my diet. And uh, Julia Rockledge reminded us of how important um, uh, the B group vitamins are, for example, b, B3. b Now, we did a program a few weeks or coming up, uh, did a healthy bite on the role of B3 in brain development in our evolutionary journey through life, uh, over the journey as humans. So this was a timely reminder in the episode this week from a Natalie West psychologist, who focuses on the role of a nutrient-dense diet and a low-carb diet on mental health conditions. But it was great to talk to Natalie because it dovetailed into so many other podcasts and specifically the Julia Ruckledge one and the Pran Nathan one, and for that matter, the wonderful one we've done with Professor Pete Smith, with Olivia Lesler, with Dr Christabel Yeo. I mean, you know, this is about piecing together the complexity the complexity of the human condition. And, and, you know, this is why I think uh, it is important to have an open mind and to not look for the one answer to all things. And when you have an open mind, you are struck by the wonder of how complex and interconnected all of these things are. How the five stressors are interconnected with the five pillars, emotional, environmental, nutritional, postural and dental stress are interconnected with how we can sleep, breathe, nourish, move, and think. And we need to be respectful of how this balancing beam pivots, and that is on our genes and how our genes express themselves, the wonderful new science of epigenetics. We are not a victim to our genes. It is not about nature or nurture. It is about nature and nurture. And that is a wonderful tool, which we all have. So I hope this finds you well. Until next time. This is Dr. Ron Ehrlich. Be well. This podcast provides general information and discussion about medicine, health and related subjects. The content is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice or as a substitute for care by a qualified medical practitioner. If you or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately qualified medical practitioner. Guests who speak in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions.